is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker, and author, and an executive coach. And today, I am delighted to welcome Lori Robinson Hayden to the show. Lori and I go way back, and we'll talk a bit about that on the show today, but she is going to share insight for professionals of color to embrace their true potential, overcome obstacles, and live a life filled with purpose and fulfillment. Lori, welcome. Caroline, thank you so much for having me on your show today. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh, I am over the moon happy. You and I go way back. We share an alma mater in Indiana University. You earned your law degree there. I earned an undergrad and a master's. And and you are also serving our alma mater on the Board of Visitors. So thank you for that extraordinary service. But my goodness, I have followed your career from CBS and now as CEO of Corporate Council Women of Color. And my dear, you are rocking it. And you have always been an inspiration to me. But you've written this extraordinary new book. And I'd like to give you a moment to share with this global audience what inspired you to write this book. Well, thank you again for this opportunity. Like you say, we go way back like car seats. That's how far back in time we go. Um, And it's just an honor and a pleasure to see how well you have done with your podcast. So I'm I'm honored to be here today. You know, what, what inspired me to do this book, I've been, you know, working in the law for over 20 years, and I've met thousands of lawyers and just thousands of professionals during that time. And I often get the same questions over and over again, especially as it relates to work-life balance. When do you know it's time to leave uh, a job and go to the next job? How do you negotiate salary? How do you ask for promotion? And as I talk to different people and, and I would give them advice or they'd give me advice around these topics, I said, people need a book, something that walks them from A to Z on how to find a mentor, how to find that sponsor in a corporation, but also as you're climbing the corporate ladder, making sure you're fulfilled in life, as well as making sure that you have work-life balance. And this book, It's Time to Shine, it talks about a host of things, but it really deals with that inner person and that belief that the inner person has to rise no matter what. Rise when the haters tell you you can't do it. Rise when they tell you no. We all have the ability to persevere and we are all resilient. And when we know that, no matter what the test in life, we will shine. Mm, love that, Lori. I really do. And you know, when I when I read this book and I told you before the show, I just devoured it. It it is a playbook, and I love that because you can flip to any chapter that is relatable to the moment in your life, or you can read it cover to cover. But I firmly believe this is gonna sit as a resource on people's desks with dog-eared pages and highlights because they're such juicy content. And you're very personal and you're very vulnerable in the book, and I, I appreciate that. I'd love for you to tell me a story. In chapter three, you talk about adjusting to being the only one. So tell us more about that. 
Yes. You know, I was raised in Prince George's County, Maryland, which is a predominantly African-American county outside of Washington, D.C. And my entire life, I lived in a neighborhood that was predominantly African-American, where I went to elementary, middle school and high school. It, too, was predominantly African-American. And when I went to college, I went to a historical black college and university which was 99% African-American. So I've never known the concept of being a minority. I've never known the concept of being the only one. And when you're in the environment where you are in the majority, you do not have to contend with or think about issues that you do when you're the only one. So you can really just exist and have your being. I think um, our vice president, Vice President Harris, who also went to a historical black college and university, Howard University, talked about how while she was there, it, it, it allowed her to just focus on being a leader and be her very best. And I felt the same way in my upbringing. We had role models. They were doctors, lawyers, generals, educators in the school system. So when I went to IU at Bloomington in Indiana, uh, that was really the first time when I was in a setting where there were only a handful of us, uh, African-Americans. And what was great about IU, though, is that they had a great focus and commitment on diversity. So our law school classes, uh, the first year, second year, and third year classes, had a, a large number of minority students. So there was still enough numbers there that you you didn't feel like you were a minority. You were a part of a bigger group, but you had another group where you could get your help and your support. But it wasn't really until I moved to New York after graduating from law school. And I remember I was at my very first law firm. It gave me my start, Epstein, Becker, and Green. Uh, and I'm still in contact with the owner of the firm, Ron Green, and his wife, Fran Green, who were great mentors to me, and they are still great mentors. But at that time in 1998, the two African-American women that I had interviewed with in New York had left the law firm. By the time I got there, they went in-house to corporations. So I was the only one. And for me, again, my whole life, my whole existence, I had never uh, been a minority. And I started meeting with other women of color in New York City who were also minorities at their law firms or at their co corporations, wherever they were. And everyone came together and just talked about how they struggled fi finding mentors and struggled finding sponsors and needed um, support around making sure they were getting the right type of work and ensuring that they were connecting with the rainmakers to meet their billable hours. And many people shared that they found that the rainmakers at the law firms, the rainmaker is a person who has um, a lot of business and then they can give the work to the people under them that leads itself to training, development, and the ability to meet your work weekly billable hours. But they found that those, those rainmakers were identifying younger associates who reminded them of themselves.
And usually those are people who look like the rainmakers, the minorities. So, you know, early on, we knew that we needed more. We knew that we wanted something different. This is before the formation of Corporate Council Women of Color. But because I had come from such a foundation of knowing what it was like to function, being in the majority, without any obstacles, without, you don't see race when you're in the majority because you're in the majority. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like if you go to an event and it's all women and it's one guy there, he might feel out of place and vice versa. If you go to an event and it's all men and you're one one and one woman's there, she may feel out of place. And it really results in the need for inclusiveness. And I think many of us in our early days, we were just looking for environments that were inclusive. The law has typically struggled with being a diverse profession and an inclusive profession. And those are the things that we were all looking for as young lawyers in New York City trying to find our way. And you know what I think is so incredible? You have been so intentional about advancing your career. You founded Corporate Council Women of Color in 2004. By the way, your 20-year anniversary is coming up. Well done. Thank you. you. You've done incredible work at CBS, now known as Paramount Plus. So tell us, in the book, you write so beautifully about how we need to invest in ourselves and take control, take the power of advancing our careers. Say more, because there are so many individuals listening that want to advance, but they're not taking control. When we started Corporate Council Women of Color, we started it with a, um, a one-day career strategies conference. And at that conference, we were only charging a registration fee of $100, could you imagine having to only pay $100 to go to a conference? But we would hear from the women lawyers. Now, these are women lawyers making well over six figures. But they would come back and say, I can't go to the conference because my company won't pay for me to go. And, you know, I, I couldn't believe it because I'm like, number one, you know, you're making six figures. Of course, I can't account for your money and where it has to go and what your responsibilities happen to be. But the number one thing that we as women and professionals that we have to do and we have to convey, we have to not be afraid to invest in ourselves. And if it means you have to take that $100 that you might spend on that cup of coffee and a muffin for a week to put it into going to a conference that's going to accelerate your career. We're going to meet contacts and those contacts lead to new job opportunities for you. Then that's just what you need to do. And the reality is when our managers and our supervisors see that we are willing to invest in ourselves at that point, will they be willing to invest in us? But we have to take the first step to show them and to be all in. We have to have skin in the game by coming out of our own pocket, paying for that conference and letting nothing stop us from going. I remember when I was a young lawyer, 
when there was a conference, I would, you know, ask the, I would ask the company pay for me to go and, you know, I'll be there on company time as a conference day. And I would look up, I would have about a hundred emails coming into me work related. And by the time I responded to all those emails, the conference was over. I didn't get to enjoy it. I got nothing out of it. And I realized at that point too, going forward, if I go to a conference, not only am I going to pay for it myself out of my pocket, but I'm going to take the vacation days off. It'll be my time, my time off, and there will be no interruption. And, you know, when we do those things, you will see the fruit of it. And when people see you committed to your own mission, then they will rally behind your mission. Such sage wisdom. Lori, we'll be right back after a quick break. I'd like to tell you about a special offer. If you want to bring your podcast to life or up your podcast game, you can get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn using my special code CDHWORK. The Libsyn team will get your podcast on Apple and Spotify and give you access to critical stats and all the support you need to sound your best and grow your show. Use my special code CDHWORK. Hiring the right speaker for your event is a tremendous responsibility. You need a speaker who will work within your budget and engage your audience. Whether you're looking to retain or grow top talent, create a healthy workplace culture, or prevent burnout in your organization, I can create customized content to help you recharge, reignite, or reinvent your career. Let's talk about how I can help you achieve your special event goals. Connect with me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. One of my favorite chapters in the book is subtitled, Life is Not a Bowl of Cherries. And there's no doubt that all of us experience setbacks, adversity, difficult situations, whether it's a bad boss or limited budgets, any number of things. You've got some really savvy insight about how to handle that. So perhaps you can pick an example or a story from from your life or from others that you've experienced to show how do we handle the setbacks. Absolutely. I think life is, you know, life is full of setbacks. And either you're going to view the cup as half empty or half full. And I've always, no matter what's going on, viewed it as half full. We have all experienced, and if you haven't experienced, you will. You may be denied the promotion. You may not get that job. You may be told no several times on something. You may experience a loss, um, a death of a parent a death of a child, a death of a loved one. And, you know, in dealing with setbacks, you know, you have to take time to process whatever that setback is, but you can't let that setback hold you back. You know, life is such that, you know, each day you have to take a new step and you have to keep moving forward. 
um, I was um, listening to a message the other day and the speaker hit the nail right on when she said, there's a reason why when you're driving, the rear view mirror is small and the Mm. windshield is larger than the mirrors to your left and the right in your rear view mirror, because you're only supposed to glance back to the past, but you're supposed to keep the big picture on moving forward and time heals all things. But, you know, look, I think about the times that I applied for a job and didn't get it. And, you know, you're close to getting the job. You know, that job is yours. And then you get the call that they moved on with another candidate. And you know what? You have your your party, your pity party or whatever it is, but you dust it off the next day and you learn from that experience and build upon it. You, upon it. If you interviewed with people, you pick up the phone and call them. Hey, I know I didn't get the job. I'd appreciate it if you could talk to me and tell me, you know, do you have any tips for me on my next interview? You'd be surprised. People will actually give you tips and strategies that you might not have hit the mark on during that interview that you can use going forward. And then you find that interviewing one job after the the other, you get better. And then you ultimately land the job that's bigger than the job that you were upset you didn't get. And you end up landing the job that pays you more than the job that you thought you were going to get. So the key is to just dust yourself off, keep moving forward, surround yourself with positive people. And remember that you're going to shine. That's Mm. all you have to remember. You're going to shine because even in the dark, even in night, the sun comes up in the morning. Love it. Lori, I am so grateful that you wrote candidly about work-life balance. And I want you to dispel the myth that people that are in intense corporate careers, whether they're in the business realm, the entertainment industry, law, you name it, that they can have marriages and children and families because so many that I meet think that they can't do both. And you are a great example of a working mom, happily married, thriving in life and career. It's not easy, but you're doing it. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm hanging in there, as they would say. And, you know, I, you know, look, I had the benefit of, I like to say I was, I had chronic singleness. I was single forever. <laughs> and I had a friend while I was single who gave me a book called What to Do Until Love Finds You. And I was upset that she dared give me such a book. But when I finally decided to read the book, the book just said, why you have free time. Do the things that you want to do in life. Take that course. Travel. Learn a foreign language. Be all that you can be while you wait for love to find you. And I was really fortunate that I was able to do a lot of things before I did get married and before I had my son, who's now six. But what I would say now that I am in the throes of being a wife, being a mother, running a business, being an author, and all the other things that I aspire still to do, I know how to ask for help. Um, and, And, you know, sometimes as lawyers, We have that type A personality. We have to do it all. No one can cook the steak like I do. No one can tutor my kids like I can. No one can get that job done like I can. 
And then you, you look up, you're overwhelmed, you're depressed, you're underwater, you're sick because you're not taking care of yourself. So you have to ask for help. If you need to go and find a nanny, go find a nanny if you can afford one. If you can't afford a nanny, see if your in-laws can help. If your in-laws can help, I love using technology. There's a, an app I use, care.com. And, you know, I had a situation, my husband who was supposed to travel with um, us to Florida and he got sick at the last minute. And I said, look, we have to go to Florida. And so I said, I'm going to go with my son. And then I'm like, oh no, I'm there all by myself with my son. How am I going to get all my work done? And I went right on that app and found a babysitter to come watch him for two to three hours while I enjoyed sun fun in the pool. But you have to be willing to do that. Uh, washing clothes. I'd be washing the same load of clothes all week. They never made it out of the dryer. They would go to the washing machine, to the dryer, onto the floor, back to the washer, black to the dryer. I had to hire a laundry service to come and pick up the bag, wash it, fold it. But now I'm not spending six hours of my time trying to wash the clothes. The same with food. I can't sit in the kitchen and cook 20 hours a week maybe three hours, but the other time, you know what? You can go on these apps. They have chef services. The people will cook the food that you want them to cook. They'll drop it off at your house. I at least have enough meals to make it through Thursday. I'll cook on Friday, but my time is freed up the rest of the week. You can't do it all, but the technology is there to help you. And you have to be willing to ask and get the help. I love it. I love it. Smart people ask for help. Lori, the next chapter, chapter nine, talks about the side hustle shuffle. And I am a former side hustler. In 2022, I actually took my business full time. So I'm in it full time. But I love that you talk about investing in your own initiatives and how to have a side hustle while working a full-time job, which I did for decades. Tell this audience more because that can lead to so many new opportunities. And I'm thrilled that you wrote about this. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I, it's so good to see the fruit of what you've done. Because I remember when you were at IU and career services and when you left and you had just started the podcast and over time to see how it has grown and all that you've done. So, you know, this is a great lesson that if, if you plant the seed and you water the seed, you will harvest the crop. And, you know, I've been in, I've been practicing law for over 20 years and I have seen people in corporate America come and go. Many people make the mistake of believing that they own the company that they work at and they don't. They are employees. And I've seen people who believe that if I just keep my head down and do the work, nothing can happen. And then they look up and, and the company rifts them or they're terminated or there's a merger or whatever. And they're so shocked that the company didn't keep them. And then they're struggling trying to figure out their next. So one of the things that I have witnessed plus what I have also experienced there is nothing like having your own. We see the success of women like Oprah Winfrey and Martha Stewart and Tori Burch. And, you know, there was something about doing corporate counsel women of color 
at the same time as also being a lawyer at CBS. And while I was at CBS, you always had a chain of command that you had to go through. So if you had an idea, you may need 20 people. It had to pass through before it signed off. Then it's eventually signed off on. But there's one thing about when you have your own company and you have ideas and you can implement them quickly and you can move forward without delay, without politics, or like I say, politics, <laughs> and you can really drive those results as a CEO. There's so many ways that you're growing and developing that you might not be able to grow and develop in your corporate job. And what happened to me at CBS is that while I was growing and developing as a CEO of Corporate Council Women of Color, it caught the attention of a guy who would later become my sponsor and my mentor and then would tap me to come work for him, Lou Briskman, the chief legal officer of CBS. He's now retired. But he looked at me and he said, if you can do that for your organization, I want you to come do that for me. But, you know, the reality is if I had just been a lawyer in that law department, I would have never had the skill set to attract him. But as a founder and a CEO of my own company, he saw the benefit of what I could do for his legal department and how I could grow his department through programs and initiatives. So in the end, you know, today I am doing corporate council women of color full time, but I also have another side hustle. I now have a book. I now have my own publishing company. My husband and I just started a new nonprofit to help kids in Prince George's County, Maryland in the educational system. And it goes on and on and on. You should always have a side hustle. Never let your current be your current hustle be it. Mm, love it. Lori, every chapter ends with motivational tips for women of color to shine. So tell me more about that because it, it's so powerful. Not only is it inspiring, it motivates, and it really puts it all into such focus. And, and that's the key focus. I, I didn't want the book to just be a book with information. But I wanted the book to be a two-way street. I wanted it to call the reader to read the nuggets of information, but then to be able to take notes, reflect on their own lives, and then put in place action items. And by writing them down in the book, the, the, the book serves as a point of accountability. So, you know, we're not just leaving you with thoughts, but we're also giving you the strategies on how to achieve the work-life balance in your life and the financial management in your life and how you too can pay it forward in your community. I think that is what differentiates this book is that it, it's not just information, but it's like you said, the playbook, the practical steps, A through Z, how to get there. You're not left there alone, but this is something where if you take this book, you use the action items with the pearls of wisdom. You too can achieve all of the things that we talk about in every chapter. Well, Lori, you nailed it. I am 
truly grateful. It is my favorite new book, and I'm gifting it to many people in my realm, and I'm just so grateful for you. The book is called uh, It's Time to Shine, A Guide for Professionals of Color on How to Advance Their Career. And of course, it's available on Amazon and all major book retailers. But Lori, I am confident that these listeners around the world want to hear more from you. So how can they follow you after the show? Thank you. Yes, you can follow me. I have my own website. It's LoriRobinsonHayden.com. And you can get the book from our website. We also have worksheets to further help you reach your goals and your dreams. And my hope too is that um, next year after the book tour, I can come back to my very own website and continue ongoing um, tips and strategies and ask answer those questions that people have if they get stuck and need help um, getting to that next level. Lori, I am truly grateful for you. I learned so much. You have inspired this global audience. Thank you for joining me today. And gosh, I hope our paths cross in person sometime soon. I hope so too. We got to make it happen. I know it will. We can make it happen, my friend. I am confident of that. So that is a promise. It will happen. We just committed to that in front of a million people around the world. So we're going to do it. <laughs> Lori, thank you, my friend. Take good care. Thank you for having me. Your Working Life is now available on all major podcast platforms, and I'd love to hear from you. So let me know how we're doing. You can find me at carolinedowdhiggins.com. And a special shout out to my extraordinary podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. We now have listeners in 16 countries. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.